So here, here's what I want to start with. I have two stories from the Daily Wire, um, and I have one story from NBC News. Um, you know, I, I've been talking about Black Lives and Black Lives Matter and that stuff quite a bit recently. So I'm going to go with the NBC News story first, okay? And it's it's uh. This isn't in America, but this is something that I, I came across when I was looking at stories and I did, I did some looking into this. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I think you guys are going to like, I think you guys are going to, you know, like what I have to say or think it's interesting or whatever. Okay. So Polish president proposes constitutional ban on gay adoption. Uh, Poland was this year ranked the worst country in the in the EU for LGBTQ rights in a poll by Brussels-based ILGA in Europe. Now, again, you guys know I'm not good with names, okay? So there's there's some names in here that I I, I can't pronounce. I I just I can't. I I tried. I've practiced, but it's I'm still butchering it. So I'm just okay. You guys you guys already know me. Okay, Poland's president um, on Monday proposed changing the constitution to ban LGBTQ couples from adopting children ahead of Sunday's presidential runoff in which the candidates are pulling neck and neck. The opposition's centrist civic platform uh, candidate uh, said this weekend that he is also against the adoption of children by LGBTQ couples. Um, the president is an ally of the ruling against law and uh, the ruling nationalist law and justice party, which dismisses LGBTQ rights as an invasive foreign influence undermining Poland's traditional values. A majority amounting to two-thirds of the lower house of parliament is needed to change the constitution. After an election in October, uh, PIS, which is the law and justice party, uh, rules with a slim majority and does not hold enough seats to carry out such changes. Now, let me say this. Here's what we're talking about. With, well, let me let me start with this, okay? As you guys know, I'm a Christian. You guys know that I have, you know, Christian and conservative beliefs. But here's what I'm going to say, man. I don't believe it's right. I don't believe it's right for the government to be involved with your family like that. I don't believe government should have the right to say... This group, you know, these types of people can can adopt. These type of people can't. I that's not the government's business. You know, I I believe you know the gay you know a gay lifestyle, lesbian lifestyle, bisexual lifestyle. You know, it's I believe it's more because the Bible says so. But I'm totally I'm totally against this constitutional ban. I'm totally against it. That's not that is not the government's job. If they did it here, I'd be against it. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be involved in that. 
And, here, you know, here's the thing that we do know about parents. What we do know, what many studies have shown and we've, we've known to be true is that, you know, usually, vast majority of times, two parents are better than one parent. That we know. And one parent is better than zero parents. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to, when it comes to gay, you know, adoption, um, and, you know, versus, you know, heterosexual adoption, you know, the dad is not in on that yet. The dad is not in on, you know, you know, is one better? Is one worse? Um, are they about the same? What are the pros? What are the cons? There's no, there's no real studies in on that because this is pretty recent stuff. So, I do want to say that, but, you know, I had, a you know, my talk with Crimson the other day about, uh, you know, moms and, you know, moms and dads being like peanut butter and jelly that I still stand by that. Mo- you need a mother and a father. You need both. You need, you need the male perspective. You need the female perspective. You need, cause what mothers tend to do mothers tend to you know they tend to nurture and stabilize and um you know coddle and you know teach you know teach the child okay what the father does the father you know destabilizes he strengthens you know he does he does those types of things for the children so we know that you that children do benefit from both a mother and a father um but I do want to say that th- that it is not the government's business to say who can adopt and who can't adopt. I, that's not that's not the government's business. It is not. I'm I'm completely and totally against it. That's not that is not your call to make. It is not it is not Washington D.C.'s decision. You know when I start a family with with my wife, it's it's none of their business to to be involved in how I raise my family. As long as I'm not, you know, hurting, you know, hurting my wife or hurting my children, it's none of their business. And and, and I'll say this. Government now now I will say this. Government shouldn't be completely out of family. They I I don't believe that. Because you do need to hold people accountable. Because so take like, you know, Take like child support, for example. So child support is, I believe that that is important. And it's like, if the government is completely out of it, then, then people won't be held, people won't be held accountable. And there's a lot of people who won't pay child support. So I'm not saying the government has to be completely out of the family. I'm just saying they should be, they should be in it just a little bit, like very, very, like very, very little. The remember the role of government is the government is like they're like referees. They're not players. They don't play the game. They just they watch the game. They officiate the game. They make sure everyone is abiding by the rules. They call you know fouls when there are fouls. There they call penalties when there are penalties. They do all those things. They they make sure. The playing field, you know, they just they just make sure that the game is played. They don't actually play. They don't really 
have a say-so in the game. That's the role of government. Other than that, government government is supposed to be hands-off. That's why, you know, I'm a... You know, as I, as I had that test before that I shared with you guys, I'm a libertarian. I, I pretty much believe people should be able to do whatever they want as long as they're not hurting anybody. And that's what I believe. Now, there are, now, I will say this. There's a moral standpoint that I have. Like, you know, for example, you know, if people, if people want to be, if people want to be gay, okay, that's, that's on them. Now, morally, I believe it's wrong because the Bible says it's wrong. But if if they want to be that, I, that's that's their business. They can do what they want. If someone wants to do heroin, if someone wants to do weed, if someone wants to do crack, that is their business and that is on them. And they are going to have to answer for that when it, when they go to God. But I don't believe the government should have any say so in in that stuff. You may call it extreme. I don't really think it is because. That's, you just have to understand the role of government. And if you, if you really look at what, you know, just look at, just look at, see, here's the thing that a lot of you guys already know about me. I'm a history buff. I enjoy understanding why we are where we are today. How did we get here? Something had to happen yesterday for this to take place today. Something had to happen last year for this year to take place. Something had to happen, you know, a decade ago for this to be here today. So everything, so looking at everything, it's really interesting. And so when you look at government and when you, when you notice things, you notice that governments tend to do, countries tend to do really well when you just leave people alone. So take, for example, um, you know, Alexander, I want to say Alexander the Great is one example. I'm pretty sure, but fact check me on this, but pretty much he conquered a lot of area. But what he did is he also said, you know what, however you want to worship, go ahead. You know, your, your religious beliefs, your moral beliefs, I don't care. It's just that you're now in, you're now in my territory. I want to say Constantine did the same thing. I think Napoleon did the same thing. And again, you know, these, you know, these people fell short, but what, but what is true is when you leave people alone, when you leave them, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what I've learned. People mostly just want to be left alone. That's really it. They want it. They want to be able to afford milk, eggs, and bread for their families. They want to do what they want to do, as long you know, and not really hurt anybody. And they just want to be left alone. That's really what people want at the end of the day. Republicans, Democrats, you know, conservatives, liberals. We all pretty much want the same thing. Just leave, leave me alone. That's pretty much what people want. So to wrap that, to wrap it up in a bow, all I'm saying is I'm against this, uh, potential ban on gay, on gay adoption. I'm against it. I, I just, it's not the government's business. It isn't. This is not an area where they should be involved in families. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, it's wrong. I, this is it's not the government's call that's what i'm gonna say okay um where do i wanna go i'm gonna go to the nba now okay so the nba 
This is from uh, the Daily Wire. Um, the NBA releases list of approved social justice phrases for players' jerseys. So, um, as you guys know, the uh, the the NBA is allowing players to um, they're allowing players to put phrases on the backs of their, you know, jerseys, you know, instead of, you know, you know, LeBron James or, you know, uh, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, they can replace those names with phrases, their names with phrases. And, you know, I don't like the NBA doing this. I don't like them trying to be woke. I really don't. To me, to me, here's what I, I was cool with, you know, the nicknames. I was pretty cool. I was pretty cool with that. I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. I like that. Okay. But right here, here's, here's what I don't like. They're trying to be woke. They are trying to be, they're trying to show, you know, it's a race of the left. And let me just say this. Don't be surprised if you see the NFL doing the same thing. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised with the NFL doing this and, you know, you know, MLS, MLB, NASCAR, you know, whatever, like any, any leak, like I, I'm just not surprised anymore after the NFL, you know, is thinking about playing, you know, the quote unquote black national anthem before, you know, the Star Spangled Banner, just ridiculous. So I'm looking at this and let me just read it. This again, this is from the Daily Wire. Instead of NBA players, last names, athletes will be will be able to have a displayed social, uh, quote-unquote, social justice word and phrase um, selected from an approved list. The approved list released over the weekend includes anti-racist, ally, say her name, I can't breathe, enough, Black Lives Matter, and how many more? Okay. So here, so here's, here's the list. Black Lives Matter, say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, Freedom, enough, power to the people, justice now, say her name, seize the puede, which is yes, we can, liberation, see us, hear us, respect us, love us, listen, listen to us, stand up, ally, anti-racist, I am a man, speak up, how many more, group, economics, education, reform, and mentor. Now let me say this. You guys already know I don't like this, okay? But let me, let me, let me, cause see, let me say this, let me just say this really quick about sports. I don't know if I ever, I think I have shared this, but I just want to touch on this again. Here's the beautiful thing about sports that, that, that is really going away now. And it's, I'm, it, it hurts my heart. Sports. See, everyone has a cross to bear in life. Everyone has a, a, a set of burdens that they have to bear. They have a certain, set of problems in their life. The beautiful thing about sports is sports are an escape. I can sit down. I can watch a game for two and a half hours. I can root. I can yell at the TV. I can, you know, laugh at the commercials, make fun of them. You know, I can be amazed by amazing plays that I see. Sports are an escape. Now they're not becoming an escape. Now they're just reminding me of things happening in the world. And it's it's like it's like you know 
you know, I'm seeing, you know, I can't breathe, you know, respect us. I am a man. It's like, stop, like, who, like, we're already reminded enough. We're already reminded enough about all the problems in the world. The reason we go to sports and the reason we go to TV, the reason we go to, you know, the reason we watch Friends, the reason we watch Seinfeld, the reason we watch, you know, the reason we binge is to escape in sports. Stop reminding me the pro- like of the problems that exist in the world. It's it's it. We're trying to escape. That's why that's what makes sports so amazing. Whether you're on the left, the right, the center. It feels good to root for something. It feels good to escape something. It feels good to watch great people compete at the highest level. There's just, it's just cool about that. That's what I love about the Olympics. You're taking the highest people, you're taking the highest people in the world, and we're just, you know, regardless of the, the problems that our countries have with each other, economics, politics, when the Olympics, they come up, and we can forget about that. We can just go out and compete. That's the beautiful thing. With this, we are just reminded of the problems that exist. And I, I, I just don't like it. And it's really, really annoying. It's like our escapes are being taken away from us. Seriously, I mean, it's just, it's just completely and totally ridiculous. You know, uh, you know, music. It's just, it's like, now it's becoming like, oh, you know, just trying to be woke, just stuff from the left. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, can we just, just make good songs? Just make good music. Just, just write good lyrics. And, you know, have, have talent. And, you know, let me, let's listen to you. Stop trying to be woke. Athletes, they are the job of an athlete is to entertain. That that's their job. That's how that's how they make they make their money because it's entertainment. Are they playing a game? Yes. What are games for? Entertainment. Why does LeBron get so much money? Because he's he's fun to watch. Patrick Mahomes is probably the happiest guy in the world right now. Why? Because he he's very fun to watch. It's entertainment. Their job, the reason they get paid so much money is because they get billions and billions of dollars to, you know, because they they because these leagues entertain people. That's why. That's why. The Super Bowl, I mean those those commercials to get a spot a, a a a spot for the Super Bowl. It is so it's so expensive. It's unbelievably expensive, and it's like, man, what is going on? It's like now these escapes. I see. Here's my thing: for the next Super Bowl, I am. I don't even know if I want to watch. Because it's going to be like, oh my god, how woke are they going to try to be? I mean, the commercials and uh, the halftime show. And I'm just, I'm really not looking forward to it. This just really, this really bothers me. Just play the game and just just entertain us. We, We hear the news enough. We see stuff pop up on our phone. 
You know, we see all these things. It's like, it's like we see it. We know. It's like, please stop trying to be woke. Please stop trying to be woke, man. I, I just, I, I can't. I can't do it. Okay, that's... How long have I been talking? Like 20 minutes. My goodness, okay. Is that all I want to say about this? Yeah. I just... That's, that is what's so great about sports. Sports, we can, we can, we can, we can just for a second, we can just for a second put down our cross. We can put down the baggage. We can put down the worries that we have. And we can just take a lot off for just, just a, just a few hours. Just a few hours. And enjoy competition at the highest level. But no, they just, it's, it's, look at the back of my jersey. I, you know, see, I can't breathe. I'm a mentor. I'm a man. You know, see us, hear us, respect us, love us. I matter too. It's just, just, ah, my God, man. I just, I can't. I mean, I'm going to say this, you know, even with, you know, uh, like take, like take October for, as an example. So in the NFL and, you know, a lot of other leagues, they wear paint for breast cancer awareness month. It's like, it's like, can we not do that? Can we, can we just like not think about cancer, please? Like we, we know it exists. We all, we all know somebody who has it. It's like, I, it's like, I don't want to think about that. Like I remember, I remember one there was one thing where I think it was, I think it was, I think it was in baseball. I'm not sure, but there was like this, this event there was, it was, it was during the game and pretty much everyone was supposed to hold up a picture of someone that they knew who has cancer or like died from cancer. And I'm like, can we just play baseball, man? Like we're trying to just not think about this stuff. I mean, seriously. Like, I, like, I, like, I'm just, I'm not big on it. And even, even with Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's like, I want to say the survival rate of breast cancer is like 83, 85%, I want to say. Fact check me on that. It's like, if you are going to do it, how about we take some, how about we take this money that is supposedly going to this, we really don't know. Let's take this money and let's put it towards a different disease that, you know, we, we, that, you know, has a low, has a low survival rate. You know, you know, um, multiple sclerosis, you know, brain tumors, you know, do that. If you're, if you are going to, I already, I already don't like it. I already don't like it. But if you are going to do it, put the money towards something that has a low, a, a low, a high mortality rate. Just, I mean, do, I mean, do that. I just, I, I, I can't, man. I just, sports are supposed to be an escape. 
I mean, just take baseball in the in its earliest days. You know, uh, you know, like baseball and football, like uh, when when it'd be on the radio, like people would just sit and listen to the game. They they, they stopped worrying. They just it's like okay, I have these things to do. I got to I got to do this. I got to go there. I got to go to the bank. I got to go pick up the kids. I got to do all of these things. The beautiful thing about the game is that you we can you you is that is that we can sit and just listen to the game. That was the beautiful thing about baseball in its earliest days. And now it's like now you're going to play the Black National Anthem, you know, the Black National Anthem in the NFL. And I mean, don't be surprised if you see, you know, during the next Super Bowl, you know, where people come out and, you know, during that during the halftime show, it's like it's a whole Black Lives Matter thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, can we just. Oh, I, I, I can't, man, I can't. That's not what sports are for. It's not about politics. It's not about economics. It's about entertaining people. These people are paid millions of dollars to play a game for a couple hours a day. They're some of the most blessed and privileged people on the planet. Can you please? No, let me say this. When you're off the court, when you are off the court, I have no problem with it. But when when it comes to the actual game, when it comes when it comes to actual competition and the game is going on, can we please just Focus on the competition. There's enough going on in the world. We don't need reminders of it. We don't. I don't need another reminder of COVID. I don't need another reminder of, you know, quote unquote police brutality. I don't need reminders of these things. I don't need reminders of, you know, China and U.S. you know aggression. I I, I don't. I don't. We don't. People don't. The world doesn't. Okay. Um, yes, Lord. Next article. Health experts grappling with double standard between anti-lockdown and Black Lives Matter protests. Um, here we go. This is also from the Daily Wire. Health experts are struggling to justify their widespread endorsement of social justice protests after repeatedly warning people against holding demonstrations against coronavirus lockdown orders. Shortly after states began locking down in March to slow the spread of the coronavirus, business owners as well as furloughed unemployed workers began marching in cities from New York to L.A. against the heavy-handed restrictions. Health officials and government officials condemned the anti-lockdown protests and warned that the demonstrations could necessitate um, that the lockdown orders stay in place longer. Now, we all remember this. We all remember this. I mean, this 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 was, you know, like a month ago or two months ago. This is major, because I, I remember like people were like people were gathering to protest the lockdown, and then it was like, oh, see, see, you got you're just making it worse. But then Black Lives Matter protests, and it's like, oh, good for them, good, great, great protesting. It's like, so did COVID just disappear? Like, no, it didn't. It's still here, and it's still now. It's like you're you're you are choosing. It's like well, here's the question: 
Because there, there are many questions that I had. I said, okay. Like when I was watching some of the protests on TV, I was like, okay. And I was listening to some of the commentary. I was like, well, I was like, okay, either, either they're just completely, totally lying about how bad COVID really is and how many people have it. I was like, or these people have an agenda where they're saying, okay, well, you know, if you're on the right, if you're on the right, well, we don't want you protesting. If you're a conservative, we don't want you protesting. But if you're on the left, yeah, get out there, go out there, march, you know, interlink arms and sing, we are the world and, you know, you know, yell, I can't breathe and chant and all those things. It's like, it's like, well, how come one group can do it? Another group can't. And again, if Black Lives Matter, if they want to protest, they have that right. They have that right. If people want to protest lockdown, they have that right. They can do that. But I mean, I mean, we can't have our cake and eat it too. It's like, okay, so we say, we say that cases are rising. Well, that's interesting. It's like, okay, well, what do we do? And I mean, and I mean, I saw, I saw this other article that was delving into how, uh, I don't have I don't have the exact wording, but they were saying that that um, protests they have fed into um, the the you know the spikes of COVID and things like that. But the question is, okay, well, how much have they affected these spikes? And it's like, well, we don't know. But I I, I just we need some consistency here because there are people. I mean, look, like, here. Um, After the death of George Floyd on May 25th, the anti-lockdown protesters were largely forgotten as thousands of social justice activists packed streets and cities across the United States uh, to protest police behavior and make allegations of systemic racism. Many of the lawmakers and experts who criticized anti-lockdown protests flouted social distancing rules to show solidarity with Black Lives Matter. More than 1,300 epidemiologists and health experts signed an open letter endorsing the protest stating that white, quote, white supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. What is wrong with you people? I mean, that's just, that's just flat out blatant. It's like, you can't be up, it's like, you're mad at the, at the anti-lockdown protest and you're saying, okay, you're 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 gonna make us have to do this longer. You're gonna have to make us stay in lockdown mode longer. And then you turn to these other protesters and you say, Get the more power to you. What? Like, no, like be cons- be consistent. Be consistent. If you're gonna if you're gonna say if you're gonna say no, because here because here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. COVID-19 doesn't care. What your COVID-19 doesn't care about what is being protested. They don't care. it doesn't care. It's a disease. It's like anti-lockdown, Black Lives Matter, what's the difference? If they're all together and let me just jump from person to person to person to person. It, it's all it's all the same to COVID. It doesn't it doesn't matter. But it shows that it is political. 
That's what it shows. You're upset about, you know, these people protesting, these people protesting anti, you know, the lockdowns. But you are, you're praising these people. I mean, I mean, I'm talking thousands, thousands. Cause there are, you know, there were thousands across the country. There were, there were, there are marches for anti-lockdown protests. There were thousands in just like one area, just one area of, um, of like LA or New York or Detroit or Dallas. Thousands together marching and protesting and all those things for Black Lives Matter. It's like, you're really, it's like, and it really just makes you think, it's like, well, wait a minute, that's completely and totally ridiculous. New York City, um, no, uh, here, uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who chided anti-lockdown protests for weeks, flouted her own social distancing rules to join a Black Lives Matter protest on June 4th. Her spokeswoman later denied that she violated the rules, even as photos of the event show the governor kneeling with kneeling with and touching pro touching activists it's political you can, i mean it, it it can't be it can't be any clearer than that new york city mayor bill de blasio said that the black lives matter protesters were fighting an extraordinary crisis that outweighed the threat of the coronavirus and is more important than reopening struggling businesses or allowing devout individuals to return to houses of worship my goodness. When you see a nation, an entire nation, simultaneously grappling with an extraordinary crisis seated in 400 years of American racism, de Blasio said June 2nd, I'm sorry that it's not the same question as the understandably aggrieved store owner or the devout religious person wants to go back to services. That's ridiculous. You're allowing thousands to gather. To, so so here's, here's what they're saying. They're okay with thousands gathering together, marching and touching and chanting and you know, linking arms and singing and, you know, doing that for hours in close proximity to each other, but you're not okay with, you know, people going to church. You're not okay with people, you know, it's like we got a social distance. It's like, stop. It's like, my goodness. I mean, it, this, the, this, the, the, the politics couldn't be more blatant here. And I think it's, I think it's just ridiculous. Just be, be consistent. I mean, I mean, seriously, if you're, if you're really against protesting and you're, you're really pushing, pushing for COVID and you're saying, okay, guys, we can't, we can't do this for the sake of COVID. Be consistent. Go, you know, go against anti-lockdown people and Black Lives Matter. But no, you're only choosing the ones that you just disagree with and that you, and that you dislike. But Black Lives Matter, oh, yep, get woke. Go out there and get woke. You're just being inconsistent. Come on. I mean, that's really just, it's disgusting how blatant it is. So, that's really all I have for, you know, for today. And then-